And we are live for the First Strike Podcast. Before we start the show, I our sponsor, FaceToFaceGames.com, the number one place to get your Magic of the Gathering singles. This week, 15% off all foil promos. So if you are one of those people that love to baller out, you know, foil up your whole deck or, or get some special promos, because I think some of them you can only get at um, specific conventions. So they're, they're quite rare and, and expensive, and you get 15% off this week. As Shaheen, my man, fumbles with, with his webcam positioning oh my God. while we're live. Awesome. What's going on? Man. Hey, this is, I should show you my rig. It's pretty amateur. So <laughs> we, got, we got the whole crew in the house. We're going to talk some post-Magic Fest Montreal. But first, of course, want to get Shaheen's thoughts. And then what have you been up to, Shaheen? Have you been sh- playing this uh, dreadful standard format? Is this what's going on? Oh, yeah, man. I've, I've been uh, testing heavily for the last two weeks straight uh even before then a little bit prior to it becoming release and it's been it was like i I wrote an article just about to come out this weekend uh tomorrow and it kind of like showcases my thoughts on standard by tweet and i'm like i'm like okay new standard great and i'm like this land is pretty 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 good and then it turns into why this land is standard and then it turns into like they've made their this mistake is going to ruin the format and they need to ban it to few big noted MPL players telling people to quit crying and you know they're not going to ban anything and let it shape up to then wizards saying that eh, you know we might have an emergency banning coming up you never know we'll keep the door open for that so i i mean like it's been it's been miserable it's uh it reminds me of a format that's ex- like that's settled and oppressive like energy team or energy where at the beginning it was winning a lot but people tried different decks and then eventually everyone just played team or energy at the end but people have skipped that middle part now it's just everybody playing the best deck and i think it's got a lot to do with um you know the popularity of arena and how how easy it is to get the best list and then get on board and then you know so people are on this train and um it's been miserable. The format's stale. It's uh, dominated by um, one clearly best archetype, and we're only a week into the format, so um, <laughs> it's not a good look. And I think that uh, Wizards is going to act. Um, there's uh, there's no doubt in my mind. There's no doubt in my mind last week that they're going to ban this card in standard. Um, but now, you know, they've pretty much come out outright and said they're going to do that. So um, expect the uh mythic championship coming up to be a ramp fest with a few knuckleheads playing their version of a a, a, a format solver and they're going to get mushed and it's going to be a ramp victory this uh this tournament here. but for some of our listeners who doesn't know uh she is definitely referencing something magic esports tweeted out we previously announced the next bnr date as November 18, after further reflection on the very busy competitive gaming schedule and discussion on implementation windows with our digital teams, we're shifting that next announcement to October 21st, which is very relevant to one of our co-hosts, Mr. Andy, who this change is going to affect Richmond, which he is attending. But as Shaheen also said, it's not going to affect this upcoming Mythic Championship, which my boy Alex Hain is also playing at. And, of course, he feels he agrees with everything Shaheen says about the state of the format, what's the best stack, everybody's going to be playing goalless, I think. And um, it's interesting, though, Shaheen, uh, do you feel like it's almost like 
the the Hogak thing where all the pros are like saying, well, they, they should have banned it, then it goes without being banned, then they realize their mistake, they do go ahead and ban it. Here, it felt like all the pros were, were telling them the same thing, and then they're like, no bans, and now we're we're seeing like this emergency things happen. It's It sucks that it's happening right after when like all the pros are just saying it's a problem. Well, when I said, I said on, I think it was Tuesday last week, I said that this um that needs to be banned and then i don't think anybody was on board at that point i i think i got you know, you know slightly ridiculed here and you know <laughs> it's it's like oh you just don't like because you can't play your pet deck and it's just i always get that that's every time i get hit by that i mean like i clearly have a bias but it's not that i i was actually searching for an, a dumb aggro deck to play uh at the last uh, the team open that just passed by to try to take advantage of it however and i read this extensively bad in my article aggro is unplayable right now really really bad like all the versions and i played like two different versions of mono red i tried mono blackout i tried knights out and none of those really i mean they they beat Golas half the time which is pretty good but the whole point of these aggro decks is supposed to keep these type of slow seven drop decks in check and it just didn't do it so um i it's it's i said it and it was it was extremely unpopular and I think even even up until before the announcement from esports, it's still like you saw like Brad saying "quit crying." You saw um, uh, can't even think right now. Uh, Stark said Ben Stark saying that let the format pan out, and you know it's like people. I don't think the pros were all bored for banning this. I'm pretty sure yeah. that there is, is there fair weather because now after the announcement, they're like, "Oh yeah, okay, of course," you know, <laughs> the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> like it's pretty crazy but uh no i mean it's it's worse than hogak it's worse than call blade it's wor it's worse than any of them because not only is the deck more powerful at an equal or higher level than those are to their their competitors it's also a a time sink of the format like you the matches take ages um people for the first time that i've seen in the masses, we'll see like a Guildgate turn one. They'll concede on Arena. Um, these people just don't want to play against it because now you're into the you're you're not only they've not only poisoned the competitive well, but the casual well as well as you know, because they feel like it's just not fun to play against. So it's, there's a lot of there's so many more negatives with this. And to top it all off, it's at the very start of a format, which is pretty unheard of um, to make a format have one clear best deck and the others you're silly to play um basically um one more hint to add to that pete right before the tournament peter ingram tweeted out hey shaheen needs a copy of goalless right now because they realize my deck's unplayable i played esper heroes real bad um so then he tweeted that and i'm like no we're good man esper Heroes is great and then aaron forsyth who he likes one of my tweets every six to seven months or so he liked that tweet which is a hint of <laughs> Please God win with this deck. <laughs> Hopefully, there's some victory outside of uh, this huge mistake that we left in the format. So, they everyone's aware that it needs to be aware, and I, I'm glad that it took a, a esport tweet to kind of get the rest of the pros on board with this one. A Andy, as someone uh, qualified for Richmond, I'm I'm considering going down because just the SLCQ. Is interesting. It's not like Barcelona where I was tempted, but I imagine the flights would have been insane. But Richmond, I think I could possibly do and, and just battle out in, in 64 
person tournaments just ha- needs six wins and talking to Brian Gottlieb he's he's planning to do the same thing but uh, where's your head at when it comes to this announcement and your prep it's like what can you do at this moment well I was pretty <laughs> convinced I was just gonna play uh, Golos whether it be Bant or a Fires version if I could figure that that thing out and uh, then this announcement happened and basically it's like assume that that deck is getting banned otherwise I'm like you could just safely just play whatever version was was around last time. So my I'm gonna operate under the assumption that a uh, field or a Golos is gonna go pro- probably field, and then uh, yeah, if it doesn't get banned, then I'll just play it. But for now, I guess you have to wait, or can you like sort of prepare in a way? It's tough because yeah. like <laughs> Golos is by far the best, but by far the best deck, and it's like what you play against a lot on Arena or uh, and uh, Moto. So it's a little tough to test. So basically, I'm just kind of like trying to figure out like uh, how decks to themselves tick and how they could be better against certain archetypes. And if you get paired against like uh, Golos, then you just uh, you play it out, but maybe just try and learn a bit more about your deck and how it could go over the top of other mid-range decks once uh, the Field of the Dead thing is gone. Uh, any takes from Elliot or John? I will say that, I mean, Andy slept on my couch this weekend for the Grand Prix, and countless times did he say, I'm so excited I get to just play Golos. This is my favorite style of deck. I'm just going to, you know, I get to play super fair, grindy mid-range battles. Love it. Can't get enough of it. And then I think, uh, like, within 24 hours of him leaving, they announced, basically announced a field that's getting banned. Yeah, it's been a hot minute since they banned a standard deck I played, so... It's about time that happened. <laughs> it's it's been happening a lot to you. Like, was it that long, Sahili, <laughs> for Sahili to be gone? <laughs> well, Sahili and also like uh, whatever the energy also played that a bunch. I assume it's just because I'm very good at picking the obvious best deck. Yeah, if you piss, pick the best deck of every time you're going to, uh, you're going to get kind of sad and throughout Magic's history here, man. I mean, like, it doesn't make sense how every deck lost power significantly. Every aggro, every mid-range, every control deck, and then this deck somehow got 20 times better than the Scapeshift version. I mean, obviously, like, having every one of your spells do your game plan plus turn into a 30-30 creature afterward, that kind of helps. Um, but it's just like, as I was playing my relentless match after match i mean i had to play like 100 matches in the last few weeks um in in a very short amount of time i just know that it's it's the the cards that company feel of the feel of the dead is going to they're they're like they didn't really foresee this interaction coming where um they're able to continue to ramp and create this threat ongoing and then after you answer they still have tutorable wraths where they can pick it with um, pick their giant with the uh, once upon a time, or they can pick their best ramp card, or they can pick Golas, or they can pick Hydro Crest to gain a bunch of life. So it's just a lot of mistakes added together. It's kind of a culmination of it. So I would, uh, in short, definitely test a different deck at this point. Everybody who plays on going to Richmond, there's there's just no chance that this survives the banning. No yeah, it is pretty crazy that this the deck just got better because of the so many upgrades almost immediately with uh, the once upon a time and like the whole package once upon a time is just the best it could possibly be in standard in this deck pretty much it like finds you a ramp spell for free it can find you your ramp spell on turn one 
and it can find you like your refuel and crisis, the wrath, the ramp with the, the other giant. It's the deck is, is way too good. And it's funny because like it's possible that like the whole last formats, it wasn't even supposed to be scape shit, or maybe it's just supposed to be Golos as well. I thought about that as a possibility. Just wasn't much at stake at the time to figure it out. Hmm. That makes hey, sense. Just, just out of curiosity, like I, I haven't really been uh, following uh, Standard for a bit, but this Bolos deck just kind of came out of nowhere. But there wasn't any Catalyst event or anything. Like, do you guys know like what happened? Like, did, did it just get discovered very late? Uh, so in this Standard format, it was just discovered immediately. It was like the first week Brian Gottlieb won, I think, a Fandom Legends with uh, Bant Golos. Actually, it would be the second week because he won the first one with Esper Mance or Mance Dance, whatever it's called. I saw it day two on Arena. Day two, day three, something like that. And it was Bant versions, five color with crazy stuff versions. Um, yeah, I mean, they were some played like a bunch of time wipes in a control style without uh, the Realm Cloak Giant and the Beanstalk Giant. And I mean, it was, it was, I, there were just, 10 different versions floating around the first two days because the goalless strategy was known from the previous standard. And now you have, they saw all these upgrades. It's pretty, I, I mean, I knew there's going to be a ramp with field of the dead. I just didn't think, I, I mean, no one knew it was going to be this ridiculous. So what's on your mind now? Like, are, are you working? What format are you working on? What tournament are you, are you trying to aim for right now? I mean, I have Richmond, so I'll be working on standard nonstop. Um, <laughs> <you'll> be, <laughs> I'm going to be playing mediocre decks. I've been playing, I actually been really liking, I played it, I thought it was going to be like a meme deck, but it's been pretty fun that uh, Fires of Invention Cavalier deck. And I've, I went, I, they just, I just started playing again a couple of days ago. And I've gone like, I want to say I've gone almost like 15, 16 wins and three losses ish. Like in a row, obviously it's gold at the beginning, and I just got back to uh, uh, whatever the next step is. I think right now, um, but it's been uh, I've been I, I've been pretty impressed with it, and it's I think that enchantment's got some uh, potential um, in a banning situation with uh, a few natural wonderful wraths. Again, they go in that deck pretty well. Just the interaction between um, fires and and dream uh, dream on turn four, able to get. The combo pieces and able to wrath and play a giant creature on five i changed it up a lot i added um four uh legion war boss in the sideboard and that has been amazing like i this is the best cyborg card i've had and, and like this could like fathom in that deck and uh a lot of people they'll the sideboard against you they take out every early removal piece because they're terrible against cavaliers and then you just go turn two one mana counter spell, mystical, whatever the mana leak, and then goblin guy, and then you just you just overwhelm them. So I, I've been playing a lot of that. I've been I also added six mana Chandra to the main deck, two copies to help with Golos. And um overall I think that deck's got a lot of power going into the new standard. I think that the big winners from field being banned obviously are gonna be these piddling aggro decks. Um they'll be able to compete uh, a little bit better. Uh, there's going to be some type of mid-range boost. Obviously, Oko is going to be the, the biggest winner in the format. You're going to have blue-green, blue-green X decks just uh, everywhere. Um, it could be the Wolf style, the Wolf decks with uh, like the Brad Nelson deck that he started the fandom with. 
um, or it could just be traditional, the old style blue green ramp style decks. So I, I think new standard actually, and I'm just thinking out loud, obviously now, but it's going to have a lot of really good options after this banning. Uh, I think it's going to be pretty healthy and pretty excited. Well, so what, what about, uh, do you have your eye on the other formats and then how are you prepping for draft, et cetera? Oh, I'll probably draft once or twice for the tournament. I don't know. What? You're the champ- <laughs> SCG draft champion. Man, I like, and people ask because I had such a fall from draft. Like, people, people have asked me about that over time. And just, there's just no tournaments for it. Like, I, there used to be, like, opens and a lot of Grand Prix and a lot of, like, just PTQs out of play that had sealed in draft. And they just don't exist anymore. And it just killed my drive to because it's it's a separate skill set and that's why you saw for years uh players that excelled in limited but struggled in constructed because you have to equally manage your skill in both those and you you get rusty in one or the other and you can't just be good at magic and do both without you know just natural all natural like so draft takes a lot of work and a lot of practice and um i i know you guys are big mtgo players still but i I really try not to crank that program open as, as few times as I can to play modern. Um, and then drafting on arena is obviously not ideal. But I'll, I'll draft a few times. But, you know, it, it's at this point, I'm just, I really want standards solved and fixed. And um, I would say about 80% of my efforts going to go to that. As far as modern goes, I was really excited to unveil my, my Esper Stoneblade at the tournament. But Corey. Ballmeister, our teammate, had to um, play in the mocks, and then I had to switch to standard, and I tanked my team. <laughs> I played some some uh, crap in standard, but um, he oh, he was going to play standard. I was going to play modern. I had Esper Stoneblade ready to go. I played tons of leagues with it. Um, five-0'd a couple leagues. Been doing pretty well with it. It's just uh, leaning heavily on Thoughtseize into Stoneforge Mystic as a proactive strategy with uh, force negation instead of trying to play the blue-white deck where you're like half ramping your opponent or you have turn one opt and not really a lot of powerful interactive spells. Staffcaster's weak in that deck. Countermatch's weak in that deck. So I played, I threw together Esper and it was really good. And um, I was excited to play it. So those are my, those have been my preps for the last few months. Shouts to uh, Puppy Puncha, my man Cody Crosman in the chat, who's uh Probably watching the stream as as well as having maybe the Patriots game, though it's going to be a blowout, so who cares? Um, but Shaheen, you were on the show. You were fa- known on the show for our fans of basically predicting the brokenness of KCI. And now we have another deck, Emory Ascendancy, which people are comparing to KCI as being as broken. And what you're shaking your head and, and uh, your thoughts? And we had we had our, our man final up play. We had Elliot, and they both during the tournament after the PTQ told me that that. Th- those that deck takes a lot of brain power to, to play. So um, why are you shaking your head, first of all? Well, I'll be honest. For the team event coming up in January, I'm probably going to, with no bands in modern, I'm going to play Paradoxical Outcome now. I had Esper Stoneblade prior to that deck being known. Once uh, our um, once Canister got popular with that deck and we, we practiced with it, we really built a powerful version of that deck with... Uh, um, Green is the splash with Oko in the main deck, and I think it's it's probably the best deck in modern at this point. 
I tried the Ascendancy version. Ely Cassis tested it to death too. We all put a lot of work into the that version, uh, but it wasn't as wasn't as consistent. It was easily disruptible compared to your all four drops, which dodged a lot of um, problematic spells. So we we really liked the the Urza paradoxical outcome version instead. And that deck is just immune to rest in peace. It's resilient to stony silence. It's um, the removal's tough to get you with. Uh, you have incidental life gain from your standard planeswalker you're playing. It's it's just super resilient and powerful. And we, um, I mean, you, matches where we got thought seized into Sapcaster thought seized, it just doesn't matter. You're able to easily bounce back. Turn two stony silence. We were able to just win those games as well. So in comparison to KCI, this deck is more resilient. It's less explosive. Still really explosive, but less explosive by like 10%, but is like 20 to 30% more resilient than KCI was when it came to the hate. So I, I think Paradoxal Outcome is a problem for uh, for Modern, which is kind of crazy to say. Obviously, Mox Opal is the root of all the evil in this format. But um, I think that it's... I don't think you're going to see... I don't think you're going to see a banning of Mox Opal for a long time. I don't think they... When Modern is not at the forefront, when there's no Pro Tours in their face, when there's no huge public outcry for things, they're not going to really shift. And I, I kind of wrote about that too, that uh, players have a lot more power with how Wizards decides to move in terms of banning, restricting, uh, rule changes, allowing gold to come back in some kind of merit-based system now that they've announced they're going to do with some short finishes of Grand Prix adding up. Those changes did not come from their brainchild. Those changes came from, a lot of those changes came from public, at least putting the conversation out there. And I even mentioned that a lot of times I'll say something or uh, BDM will say something or someone will say something and then Aaron Forsyth will, someone will say, we're going to talk about it at our next meeting. So we have that kind of power. So I, I think that KCI got banned again because it was um, oppressively fast. I think Urza Paradoxical Outcome decks and uh, Senesi decks are going to, are they're, they're fast. They're turn three, turn four. Um, but they're not, I think they're just a hair short of people getting the pitchforks out and trying to, uh, take them out of the format. Uh, John, John, let's get you in there about, uh, he likes the, the Oko version more with, with no ascendancy. Am I right, Shaheen? That's what you... Yeah. Just yeah. straight up the, the Urza, uh, outcome deck with, it has, Oko, you know, just very traditional, uh, Opal Ambers, um, all the cheap artifacts, paradoxical outcome to Oko, um, and then the, the rest of the deck is just, you know, just just the cheap artifacts for combo kill. Two Sai, I think, are, is in the main deck. I haven't seen the list since he played it off memory. What do you think, John? <laughs> uh, Green Splash is really good. The question for me is whether uh, it's really good to have the Ascendancy combo or not. Um, Oko, I think it's, it's going to be a multi-format all-star. I know I have a bunch of... Uh, I know a bunch of people who are testing it in uh, even uh, vintage in survival or uh, legacy in those like four color snow abomination decks. Um, Astrolabe has done nothing but bad things for formats in my opinion, but that's another story for another day. Um, I think that Oko really solves a lot of problems in terms of getting like hay pieces like Chalice and Damping Sphere, Thalia, etc. Or just making threats uh, out of nowhere with uh, converting your um, zero uh, zero drops into elks, for example, and it, it, it upticks to th uh, six, and it doesn't have a minus. All their 
all it's uh, the first two abilities are pluses, which is uh, absurd. Uh, green also would give you Weather the Storm, which I think is pretty good. Um, Evel Summer, um, if that's a thing. I'm not sure how the uh, permission matchup is. Um, but I'm personally still on the boat of uh, playing the Ascendancy combo because I kind of project that the bad matchups will eventually rise up, which I think are like spell, spell combo and big mana. I think it can grind any mid-range decks as is already. And for that, like, I, I just like having a floor of the Ascendancy turn, uh, turn to kill so that no matchup is like truly bad. But um, this deck is still in its infancy here. Some people are trying Birds of Paradise. I tried it in uh, Montreal, it was okay. Some people are trying Gilded Goose, which, you know, it, it, it turbos out Mox Opal and it's a mana ramp for turn one. So that's interesting as well. I think there's going to be a lot of iterations, and uh, it's going to be like a month or so before uh, we arrive at the first uh, uh, first optimal list, so to speak. I think both are good, but personally, I'm on ascendancy. Um, I haven't, I haven't obviously haven't played this deck, John, but I know that one of the reasons when we we did a quick little interview or or tried to do a deck tech afterwards uh, is. The, the the ascendancy and all the triggers being hard is is the non-ascendancy version easier to play i think so but you still have to do the uh tapping your urzas and to keeping track uh tapping your artifacts to urza or keeping track of your mana or you know just remembering like all the servo token uh token triggers and the uh thought triggers and for those who don't know um i was actually planning to i bought all the cards from face to face games and uh, I was planning to play the Urza uh, Ascendancy deck in uh, the PPQ, but uh, three hours before, I uh, got into a modern double-up to just have like warm-up uh, warm matches, and I couldn't finish a match. Uh, I played two games, uh, both, both two matches, and both rounds I would have timed out. I finished two games in the two matches, which is absurd. I, I was feeling a bit overwhelmed. I couldn't like, keep track of all the triggers, and all the uh, tapping and untapping and remembering like everything and it was a bit overwhelming so but um de definitely the the deck is very powerful um with or without ascendancy um, ascendancy will add an additional layer of remembering like the loot trigger and the uh untap uh, untap trigger as well so for either deck my advice is like it's very strong but make sure that you have your paper reps somehow um, otherwise, you're just gonna lose a bunch of value by like forgetting triggers. I uh, I highly respect John and, and both Elliot and John. And if they tell me that you know their their brain felt overtaxed at times, uh, Shaheen, do you feel that way? Have you have you played this in a live tournament? Do you uh, or or you're just galaxy brain? You're just super braining it. I played it online, and I also <laughs> sat with my teammate while they played it um, in a live tournament. I have not played it. Like I said, I was on. Uh, nonsense stone blade i would never play anything with stoneforge mystic as long as paradoxal outcomes legal and in this style of deck is just not it's not beatable um i think that the difficulty comes from the same thing that john was saying with tapping and remembering to tap your man tap for mana remembering your triggers remembering um just to maximize your turn it's just a lot of game actions you have to take to do it properly Matter of fact, we had, uh, I don't know if you want this to be the platform for this, but I, I played against, not me, but my teammate played against probably the worst opponent we've ever faced in my life, just sportsmanlike. So, I mean, he was so mad about having to watch this KCI-style 
nonsense on the other side of the board that every time a few seconds go by, he would say, it's been 11 seconds. It's been 10 seconds. It's been eight seconds. Like he was getting mad at my teammate because of how long, even though he's playing rapidly fast, of how long this process is. So it's just a, it's a complicated deck when to learn the first time, just like KCI was. But once you get the hang of it, it's just about, it's, it's almost rote memory at that point. So I, I, I think I think it looks intimidating from the outside. I don't think it's as hard as <clears throat> people think it is because it's just one of those things where once you get the hang of it, it's kind of the same thing over and over and over. Right. Uh, any anything you might want to add, Elliot, on on this archetype? I I think it's like definitely worth the comparison to KCI. And I, my only advice to you, if you're playing a, a, a tournament with the deck, is is get the tokens. Go buy 50 Thopters and 50 Servos from your local game store and and use those physically, because doing it on paper is, is just not good enough. Doing it with dice, not good enough. Um, well, yeah, definitely play it live too. Like online, as discussed, is miserable. It's so bad. It's just... <laughs> So many clicks, and you're never going to win in time. That's why why I like. I basically just made a bunch of thopters and pass the turn. Just hope so it does it because you just can't you can't go for the full like kill. Even though I had like uh, one of those uh, the grindstone effect in in the deck, whatever blast zone, um, it's just not worth it. At, at at the Magic Fest, we we saw people like just sticking through their guns, playing the deck that they either love or are known for. And I think on Friday we saw probably zero or like we didn't see any copies of Emory Ascendancy according to these guys. I think and, and then Andy almost went all the way, went top four in a good spot uh, in game two against Mono Red. And, or was it game three? I forget. But in a, in a good spot, didn't get there, but was crushing it with Scape Shift. Um, I mean, Bring to Light, Scape Shift. And we had Michael Rapp who guest on the show. Famous for for playing Grixis Death Shadow, having a one one GP Toronto with it. He was sticking to his guns and top aided on the Sunday and had a pretty damn good record throughout the weekend. So people are still have, having success with the deck that they they went with, and I think Mono Red ended up taking down the first two and some what was it Elliot some devoted Druid deck ended up winning the Sunday, I think, or. Sorry, Green Wave is your splashing for Magus of the Moon. Which one? Like Green White Vizier Company. Oh yeah, Vizier Company. Splashing yeah. for Magus of the Moon. Mm -hmm. So I do believe that Michael Rapp also top eight of the Friday one, if I remember correctly. So he had yeah, he he had two top eights as well. Okay, he lost Andy and and went on to top eight. Okay. Um, no, he top eight of Saturday Sunday. Oh, Saturday Sunday. But overall, with a with a sweet record, so. I mean, you could still do well with, with I guess, a lot of decks that aren't the, the most broken. Um, but, Annie, talk to us about how you feel about your deck throughout the weekend and, and moving forward. Well, on uh, Friday, I decided to play Bring Delight, Scape Shift. And uh, despite knowing it's not the best deck in modern, but I think it's, uh, I think I can play it pretty well. And I think I know the matchups pretty well. And I actually don't mind its matchup against, like, the Urza-style decks. And uh, so I decided to play it. I started 4-0 or 5-0 and then lost the winning into Burn, where it was like really tight, not Burn, uh, Storm. Some really tight games and then won my winning in against uh, Mono Red Prowess. 
and then uh, played against Tron, where I just it's a very Tron's a very good matchup for the Bring the Light Scapeshift deck, so I walked all over it. And then played against the Mono Red Prowess Menace, where uh, game one I got myself into a very good position where I just have to draw a land and four draws to win, and I I, I bricked. And then uh, game two, I think I made an error to lose the the match. It was like an error in judgment. I think uh, it was a mistake, and it cost me the match. And then uh, the second day I played Bring the Lights, Cape Shift, it wasn't, I, I didn't do that well. I got paired against some really, really bad matchups. I played against Grixis Death Shadow three times, and it's the worst matchup, and one of the reasons to not play the deck in the past. And then the next day I decided to play the Urza deck, and ended up 4-2-ing with uh, losing the first two rounds to Karn decks, and then winning the rest fairly easily. <laughs> well, but I guess there's no no point for a lot of us to, to even care about modern in the near future. Well, it's like fun to play a deck you like if you like a deck. <laughs> <laughs> but the the format itself is just the matchup uh, lottery is too much for me to handle sometimes emotionally. <laughs> like you can play a deck that you think is well positioned and you can get paired against these like couple fringe strategies that just smash you and it's kind of a bad feeling but it's hard to avoid that kind of stuff in modern that's kind of what it's become it's the beast it is but but john john you're still um super in the lab with neoform or what's what's what is cooking actually <laughs> What is cooking really is uh, I still want to make Wishclaw uh, Talisman happen, either in Ad Nauseam or Grisho Brand, you know, just trying to relive the old times, good old times. But I, I think actually Neoform is quite good right now. Um, I went 7-4 on the weekend. Um, on Sunday, uh, my two losses were to the eventual finalist where he was uh, Grip's control with Nicol Bolas the Ravager. So um, I lost to that. Uh, shout out to him though. He did great. And uh, uh, I lost my one and in against Jun, where I made a brutal mistake, you know, just not not having played with Once Upon a Time too much, uh, where against, like, Discard, I, I snapped Vel Summered when I should have, uh, uh, um, when I should have cast Once Upon a Time first, because I forgot how Once Upon a Time worked, like, a dummy, but um, there's not a lot of bad matchups right now, you know, if you look at, like, Urza, Amulet Titan, Tron, Burn, all that. Um, these are all great matchups, and you know, like humans has gone extinct, and blue white has like who, who the hell knows where. Um, as long as I can dodge Shaheen up events and whatnot, uh, if he plays uh, Urza, then uh, I think I'll be good. So I have a local team 3K I think coming up uh, in a bit, as well as the modern playoffs like this weekend. But uh, in the short term, I'm just going to be jamming um, uh, Neoform. I think it's quite good right now. And in the immediate term, in a month, like I think I'm gonna keep working on um, just the ascendancy Emery uh, Emery Urza combo. I think there's a lot of work to be done and a lot of optimizing to be done, but that's part of the fun. And I think it's like abstractly one of the most powerful things uh, you can be doing, uh, besides Neoform, of course. Um, so yeah, that's where I. Am. Sweet. Got gotta plug that. Uh, of course, the in a few months, the open pluses are going to come. The three open plus face-to-face -face games. Dot com open plus where the winner gets an invite to the first players tour in 2020 and one of them being in bc and uh hopefully that's taken down by someone i know i but the, the more i realize how many like there's john but then i realized that i have a lot of people in bc that want to that have met that i would easily root for 
like Tobias Ruse. I, I forgot that uh, I, I could, like, if he wins, I'd be super happy. So uh, a lot of players uh, there that uh, I'm excited to see, and I'm excited to see the, the series grow. And I think, John, also, I think it was this past weekend, at one point where you, you messaged uh, the group that SCG, because of their size and their prominence, like the fight, they're going to award two spots to uh, the Players Tour. So now there's just multiple avenues to get there. And of course, as a competitive player, it's going to, it's an exciting time. And I think maybe, I don't know, maybe that, that gets Shaheen to participate more. I don't know, to, to qualify. There's just so many ways to queue now. I don't know. But it's still not like, and then there's the fractional invites, Shaheen. So that's another way of getting there, of getting back there. So I don't know, they're, they're sort of piecing together things for, for something for you to achieve. <laughs> yeah, they're they're appeasing us. I mean, they I and I just think it's it's funny the way they presented it because um I my suggestion the whole time was just make it I don't know, here's a great idea. How about people receive points at I don't know, X5 or better at X or X5 or better at a Grand Prix and then maybe I don't know, X7 at a Pro Tour. I don't know, you get points for that and then you add them up. And then if you have enough points by end of whatever metric they use for quarter or whatever, then you go to a pro tour or two pro tours or all the pro tours, depending on what kind of levels you make. I was obviously being sarcastic. And then they're, you know, they're liking the tweets and they're responding magic esports all the time. And then they said that they're delivering what was requested. I mean, they're going to have a fractional invite system based on Grand Prix finishes. Uh, they're going to add, like you said, they added it to the SCG tour, but two spots for the tour, and then three for a team event for first place. So, like these are, these are good changes. These are responding to um, player player requests. These are us having an effect on the movement of organized play. So, um, I think if no one said a word, and I think we just moved on, I think there would be no players tour, and I think it would just be. Full MPL, full sponsorship, full every last dime dumped into that and uh, maximized their profits and made more shiny foil sets for us to buy. And that would be all they cared about. So, like, it really depends on us saying, hey, we want this or, you know, we, you know, you may lose our business or you might, you know, we'll, we'll make it at least not palatable for people that listen to us content creators and people that look up to us may may stop buying your product. So I, and we do have power in that way. So I think it's, I think it was a mission It's in the process of being successful. Um, I think there's so many ways now to get to a pro tour. I don't care. The only saltiness I've heard from players that are upset about it being a second class event compared to the, what the MPL players get, who cares? I mean, it still offers the same money that pro tours offered. So they kept it, they kept it and they gave us fractional invites and it, and then they made it just for, for us to play. And so I think it's, I think it's great. And I think that, you know, if you have aspirations to be an MPL player, then by all means, you just go through that ridiculous set of flame set hoops that is basically buying a lottery ticket. <laughs> it's so ridiculous the way they have it. And it's so crazy how easy it is to stay on the MPL um, and how few members get shifted off. So like it's, that's, an impossible feat, but at least the possible feat that we all have to play on what is a, in essence a pro tour is, is sticking around for the long haul. So good job to everybody who spoke up about it. 
mystery packs. It's a mystery. Uh, I saw a pretty good theory that it's just like a random a random pack from the past X years, and there's like a chance it's Modern Masters or something cool like that. Um, but it was just funny. A- Andy, as we were like on Discord hanging out, I think like the hockey games were just kind of starting thing. He goes like, "Can you believe this mystery pack thing? I get it for free at the at the at the Mythic Championship." I've just got to be the luckiest person ever. And then I pointed out that like three tournaments ago, they gave away full foil sets to the participants. And that, uh, that put a damper on his parade, which is well-deserved. Andy doesn't, Andy doesn't deserve this luck. I can't believe they're giving him anything for showing up. SCGs give you random foil. They give you a foil mythic at their tournaments in a nice, pretty envelope. I opened a foil Jace myself. It was pretty nice. Yeah, everybody who played, it was the gold rush or whatever they called it. And they mythic rush and then i sat down they didn't have an envelope for me and they're like all right they gave me one and i opened a jason everyone on the table like oh of course <laughs> like <laughs> that's pretty nice 200 bucks at a time i just i think i think you have to be there by like 3 p.m on thursday someone mentioned in a group chat i'm in that's about all i know about it i'll i'll, I'll wait outside overnight to get my mystery pack it could be anything it could even be born of the how much gods. could it be worth sealed i'll just leave it i'll take it with me you <laughs> should you should when they gave those foil sets away i just took the plastic off because i'm an idiot and then i went to sell they're like it would be worth 200 here's 80 I'm like what <laughs> I've been i redeemed the set once on moto and never again it was the hardest thing to sell on the planet no they offered me so low, I would make almost more just buy listing the cards individually. All right. Good <sighs> chat. Good Thanks for coming on once again. And uh, thank, thank you guys also. And uh, we'll see everyone next week. Hopefully we have more. I, I don't know what we could have. We were like waiting for standard. The modern is kind of blah. And uh, so, I mean, hopefully there's, there's some exciting stuff to talk about next week. But uh, yeah, see everyone. Support the show. Uh, subscribe. On your favorite podcast app, First Strike a Podcast, and we will see you next time. Thanks for uh, listening. Ciao.